The following audio is from Downtown Church, a kingdom-focused, gospel-centered, multi-ethnic, multi-class ministry in Memphis, Tennessee. For more information, please visit downtownchurch.com. All right, um, you guys didn't know, but we just learned a new song. Now we have to stand up and do it, all right? So everybody stand up with me. Stand up with me. It's time to... We just didn't learn something, all right? Y'all ready? God said, "Nah, nah, nah, nah." My bad. Sit back down. Sit back down. Sit back down. My bad. My bad. My bad. My bad. My bad. My bad. I kind of feel bad because that was Rebecca Rose, our children's um, a minister, and I'm the youth pastor, and she just continues to show me up. I don't have that that creative nugget or that singing talent. Um, and shout out to Adriana. Miss Adriana Steele, our worship leader, I almost lost my voice during that first song. She kept trying to take us up a little higher. I was like, ooh, losing my voice. Um, but good morning. Um, welcome to Downtown Church. Um, I am Sir Gregory um, Thornton, the youth pastor here. Um, many people call me Sir G as well, but I have a new nickname that I want to share with you. Um, the Denny family have now named me YPG, which stands for Youth Pastor G, all right? Hasn't really caught on yet, but I'm just throwing it out there. Maybe it'll catch on soon. Um, so if you hear someone yell out YPG, um, that, that's what they're referring to. Um, but last week, as you may know, we kicked off our, our, our um, summer sermon series, which is titled Rest Assured. And we want to discuss the idea how we all spent this entire year, this past year, quarantined, living through a pandemic. And it's funny that many of us could not leave our homes. Many of us had way more time to, to, to pick up new hobbies. We worked less. But it's funny that surveys show that many people say they feel less rested now than a year ago before all of this came. And we all can attest to um, looking forward to something thinking that once I get here, once I can just make it to this, then I will be refueled, then I will feel rested. But we all can, we, we all have doubted that, but we're still disappointed um, that that rest just really wasn't brought to us. So through this summer, we want to, um, we want to remind us all through God's word, who is the ultimate source of rest, and not only who is the ultimate source of rest, but how we may partake um, in this rest. So before I begin to preach, let me be clear about what I mean when I say rest. When I say rest, rest is experiencing an inner soul peace, even in the midst of difficulties, because of who God is. That no matter what is going on in your life, no matter what you are experiencing, you have this inner soul peace because God is good, because God is faithful, because God is trustworthy, because God is our protector, our provision, because of who God is, not because of our outward circumstances. This is what I mean when I say rest. So preaching today, I'm going to be um, preaching through the book of Matthew but not preaching through the book, uh, I'm going to be preaching in Matthew. And for those of you who don't know about Matthew, Matthew is writing this letter to mainly to Jewish people. And all throughout the Bible, these Jewish people have been searching for rest. We see at first in Genesis when Adam and Eve disobeyed God, rebelled against God, and was kicked out of God's presence and lost for all of mankind rest. 
and through their sin, through their disobedience, um, um, they ushered in this world a search for belonging, a search for peace, and a search for rest. And the entire Old Testament is filled with story after story of men and women searching for this inner soul peace. Um, um, Saul, Solomon thought that if he could marry a thousand women, then he would have that happiness, that contentment, that, that rest. But boy, was he wrong. Saul thought that if he became king and being king and becoming powerful, that that would give him that inner soul rest, but he was wrong. Samson thought that if he told his wife the secret to his power, she would stop nagging him, and then he would have some rest. But boy, was he wrong. Moses thought that if he lead these people out of slavery and oppression, that they would be happy, and then that's when he would find the rest, but he was wrong. Jacob thought that if, if he could marry the woman of his dreams, pretty girl Rachel, then he would be happy, but he was disappointed, and we all can attest to looking for and longing for something, but still not finding exactly what we need. And as we come to the Matthew this morning, um, um, these same Jewish people are still searching for that rest. But now they are being taught by their leaders to believe that rest for their souls will be attained by their hard works and effort. And they are plagued by the Pharisees and scribes, which tell them to keep the law that is, in, that is incapable of being kept. And they are now living under this heavy burden, trying to work for God's approval and also man's approval. And I know that these are Jewish people, and, and this was written in a Jewish society, and we live in America, a totally different society. But we all can relate to, to going through our day-to-day -day feeling tired and weary, having burdens on our back, burdens in our heart, burdens in our mind. No matter if you are black or white, no matter if you have a little money or a lot of money, we all walk through this world struggling, longing for this rest, longing for this freedom of these burdens, looking for this rest. And the good news this morning is that Matthew 11 teaches us the way to find this rest. And it's not through work, but it's through coming to and trusting in Jesus. And the main idea this morning is that Jesus invites us to experience deep rest in a restless world. He invites us to truly experience deep rest in this restless world, but the rest that Jesus offers may not be exactly what we have in mind. So without further ado, let's turn to Matthew 11, reading verse 28. And Jesus says, these are Jesus' words, he says, come to be all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let's read that one more time. Jesus says, come to me, all of you who, are, who labor, who are tired, who are worn out, who are weary, who are heavy laden, and I promise you, I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Study me. Walk with me. Why? For I am gentle and lowly in heart. And I promise you again, you will. You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray real quick. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, you are good, you are awesome, and you are mighty. And my simple prayer right now is, Lord, that, that you allow us all to see who you are. Lord, that you free us of our burdens. Lord, that you um, um, show us just how good you are, Lord, that we should never reject you. But, Lord, we should just stop everything we are doing and just sit in your presence. Father God, I pray right now that I truly decrease and you increase. And, and I pray, Lord, that we see you, Christ Jesus, high and lifted up. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to talk this morning about the misconceptions of rest. The misconceptions of rest. Because as, as I said, rest sometimes is like something that we think we have to work for. And we all live in America, and whether we like it or not, we have all been influenced by the American dream. And the American dream says that if you want something, all you have to do is work harder to, to go get it. The American dream teaches us that if there is something you don't have, all you have to do is work a little harder, and you can go and get it. And even as we think about rest, the American dream teaches us that true happiness, true contentment, true fulfillment is by getting more if you don't already have it. And even as we think about our everyday jobs, think about how we think rest is something we have to earn and work for. You have to work a certain amount of days before you can take their vacation, right? You can't just get hired on day one and say, all right, man, I'm gone for two weeks. Um, I'll be back. Now, you have to work a certain number of days before you can take that vacation. When you clock in at work, you have to work a certain amount of hours before you can earn your break. We have to work throughout the weekdays so we can rest on the weekend. And I know many of you have probably said to your close ones around you, I deserve this break. I deserve this spa day. I deserve this hiking trip. I deserve this vacation. Why? Because of how hard I have worked. And this leads us to misconception number one. Misconception number one is that the rest is something that we have to work for. It's a misconception because rest is actually something that we don't work for. How do I know? Look again at verse 28. Hear again what Jesus says. Jesus says, come to me, all of you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will what? Freely give you rest. So Jesus here invites us into fellowship and relationship with him and gives us the promise that when we stop, when we actually stop working and when we sit with him, that's when we find this rest. And y'all, we are constantly plagued by the voices and the images of our society that tells us that fulfillment, peace, rest is, is out there. We have to go get it. But Jesus says, no, no, no. It's found when you come to me. The misconception is that rest is something we have to go get, but Jesus is the source of rest. 
So as we come to Jesus in prayer through faith and enter into his presence, we find that inner soul peace. I can't help but think about when God got fed up with the, with the Israelites he told Moses, you know what? I'm tired of y'all nagging. I'm tired of y'all complaining. I'm tired of y'all sinning against me. You know what? I have led y'all out of um, Egypt and slavery. Y'all can go into this promised land, but I'm not going with you. God said that you can go into this land that will make you rich, that will make you a powerful nation, but I'm not going with you. And Moses said, hold on, God. If you're not going, I'm not going. Moses said, I don't care nothing about this land. This land is really nothing because what Um, If you aren't going with us, I'm not going. And Moses knew that the real blessing, the real source of life, the real source of rest are not the material things of, of, of this world, are not getting more leisure, are not getting more pleasure, but it is by finding the person who is rest himself. And Jesus and God also said in Exodus 33, verse 14, he says, in my my presence will go with you. And in my presence there, you will find rest. God says, my presence will go with you, and when you get my presence, that is when you get that inner deep soul peace that we all long for. How many times have you been on the beach, on on vacation, watching Netflix all day, and you got done thinking, man, this is a great place to be, but my heart is still troubled. I'm still worried. I'm still stressed. I'm still not free of what I... uh, of what I've been holding on to for so long. And God says, it's not by getting that, but it's by looking at me. Come on now. But, but, but who does Jesus invite to experience this rest? The answer is not everybody. That Jesus does not say everyone come to me, but he says, come to me, you who are tired, who are wearied, who are late, who, who are heavy laden. I, I have to apologize this morning because this sermon is not for everyone. This sermon may not be f- for you this morning. This sermon is not for the person who, who has it all together. This, pers- this sermon is not for the person who, who, who don't need no help. This sermon is for the person who is, like Jesus says, heavy laden, who is tired, who is who has trouble in their hearts, who are carrying burdens, who are still um, being burdened by that sin that you have been holding, fighting for so long and so long. This sermon is for you. This, this, this sermon is for the person who is just sick and tired of being sick and tired. And Jesus says, I give you a free invitation to this rest. But the misconception is that we have to work for it. And it's our belief that thinking we have to work for it that actually prevents us from experiencing rest. Um, Jesus says, those who are tired, beat up, broken, and sick, those of you who are down, lonely, and hurt, I will restore you. I will heal you. I will refresh your heart and give you rest. But we as people, this is our problem, we as people, and especially Christians, especially Christians, we don't want to show our brokenness even to God. We don't want to let people see our tears. We don't want to let people see our insecurities, our doubts. 
We don't want to let people see, especially in the church, that, that we are struggling in our marriage. We don't want to let people see that we are struggling being single. We don't want to let people see that, that we are still struggling with the same sin that, that you feel like you can't get rid of. We, so we put on these masks and walk in here and act like everything is okay. And we keep on smiling and we keep on saying, I'm all good, everything is good. And this prevents us from actually getting the rest that Jesus is trying to offer us. Because we put on these masks, we hide behind these masks to, 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 to present an image. But Jesus says that if you want this rest, you have to first what? Come to me. Admit your brokenness. Admit your fears. Admit your weakness. Then you'll get that rest. Yeah, I'm reading a book right now. Um, I have a problem. Sometimes I, I pick up a book, read about two chapters, say, this book is real good. Then I watch a movie, and then I never finish the book. So, yeah, I'm really trying to finish this book. It's called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And it's about, you know, as it says, being emotionally healthy and not spirituality. And something that really stood out to me, the author said, we use God to hide from God. We use serving God to hide behind this mask of everything is all right. And how tiring is this? That we are literally at the source of rest, but instead of partaking, sipping this water that, that will give us life, we reject it and say, I don't need none. I'm good. Everything is all right. I don't need no help. But Jesus says that if you take off that mask and admit your brokenness, I will give you rest. Jesus is a source of rest. Misconception number two. Misconception number two is rest is leisure and the absence of work. Rest is leisure and the absence of work. And oftentimes we think, when we naturally think of rest, we think of what? Stop working and, and enjoying my time. That a restful weekend is what? Enjoying your time, right? But Jesus says in verse 29, he says, take my yoke upon you Learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus says, "Come, take my yoke, put it on you, learn from me, then you will find rest for your souls. So, what does Jesus offer us to give us rest? He offers us his yoke. Yeah, I'm a city boy. I'm from Memphis, Tennessee. I don't naturally know what a yoke is. There wasn't a word used in my household growing up. So I had to do a little studying, open up the dictionary, and learn what a yoke is. Some of you farmer boys might already know. Michael Rose, you may already know what a yoke is. A yoke is a heavy tool used to do some work. That a, a yoke is this wooden bar that was placed on the back of two oxen to tie them together that they can walk the field and plow the field together. So the yoke was so heavy sometimes it would cause the oxen to stumble. So at the end of the day, what did you think this, these oxen wanted more than anything? They wanted to get this yoke off of their back. But Jesus gives us a paradox and the paradox is that 
he says, take my yoke and something that is used for work to make you tired. Jesus says, when you take my yoke, you will still work, but it will give you life. It will give you rest. So what is the yoke that Jesus is referring to? Jesus' yoke is referring to his teachings and his way of life. Jesus said, John 14, 6, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And when we surrender our lives to Jesus, when we yoke ourselves to him, trust in him, obey his commands, live a life committed to learning from Jesus and also walking with Jesus, then that is when we will find rest for our souls. And this, and I need to highlight right now, I need to highlight that the misconception of rest is that you only rest when you aren't working or when you are relaxing and free of problems that Jesus did not, Jesus didn't teach us that nowhere in the Bible. That we got so many preachers, so many people write these books that, that say the way to a um, stress-free life, the way to a burden-free life, there is nowhere in the Bible. Instead, Jesus did not say, um, I will take your yoke and you can go sit on the beach drinking mimosas. He didn't say, um, um, he didn't say, come here and, and take my seat and sit down or take my bed and lay down. He said, come here and take my yoke which implies that there is some, that's, there's still some work that must be done. Yeah. Jesus also said in Matthew 16 that if you want to follow me, you must what? Pick up your cross, die to yourself, and follow me. He also sold, told his disciples that if they persecuted me, how much more are they going to persecute you? Yeah. Which means if you do come to me, I'm not promising you an easygoing life. I'm not promising you everything will go your way. I'm not promising you um, that you, you would never um, be sick, that you would never experience hardship. I'm not promising you that. But what I am promising you is that my yoke is like my yoke, my way is better. And you might not be convinced yet. You may be sitting there thinking, what in the world are you talking about? I've been trying to be a Christian for so long, and I can tell you being a Christian, it's not easy. How, how is go, doing it God's way better? You may be thinking to yourself, you don't even know what I'm going through. Nobody knows what I'm going through. How can Jesus, who is this Jesus, that he can make this burden light? Charles Spurgeon, a famous preacher, he said that in the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there are 89 chapters, but it's only recorded one time when Jesus tells us about his heart. In 89 chapters in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we see Jesus teaching us how to pray. We see the miracles he's, he did. We see many, um, many of his teachings, many of his sermons, but there is one place where he tells us about his heart. Jesus says, take my yoke. Why? Because I am gentle and lowly at heart. What does that mean? I am gentle and lowly at heart. What does that have to do with anything? Some translations say that, um, some translation says Jesus is kind and humble. And, and as I began to do my study and, and look more specifically at that word lowly, I learned that this word lowly is not referring to Jesus just being humble. It, it's not just saying, oh, Jesus was a humble person. But it's used in the Bible to, re, to talk about someone who has been made low by life. 
Y'all get that? It's talk, it's used in the Bible to talk about somebody who is low because life has just knocked them down, because they are being oppressed, because, because they are poor. It speaks of that. So when, how, how is this so, though? This is almost like another paradox. It's, it's backwards. Because how is the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the, the ruler of heaven and earth, the one who Isaiah 6 says the train of his robe fill the temple, the God who has angelic beings flying around him, crying out, holy, 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 the God who is all-powerful and all-knowing, the majestic one who is high and mighty, how is he gentle and lowly at heart? And Jesus is teaching us right now that because I am gentle and lowly at heart, that means I'm accessible to you. It, it means that Jesus is, is trying to tell you that no matter where you are, no matter how low you feel, I'm not too far away to be reached by you. That I'm not too high, I'm not too high for you to come to me. Um, fun fact, did you know, I just learned this like two days ago, did you know that when you meet the Queen of England, you have to refer to her as your majesty? I didn't know that. If I would have met her, I would probably have been like, what's up, how you doing? And I would have, you know, saying, got rebuked or something. But you have to refer to the queen as your majesty, and you have to refer to everyone in her family as your highness. And by law, it is illegal to touch the queen of England. So because of her high position, she has to be approached a certain way. But here, the God of the universe, the real king, the one who really shouldn't be touched because of his holiness, he says, I'm not too high for you. But instead, I have come down low and I'm right here with you. That no matter where you are, no matter what you feel on your back right now, you can bring it to me. And that's why I will give you rest because I am gentle and lowly at heart. Come to me, all who are tired and heavy laden. Do we see the good news? The good news is that as we yoke ourselves up with Jesus, we find rest. But when we yoke ourselves up with Jesus, it's not like us getting side by side with him and walking side by side with him doing the work, still working. No, that's not the picture. It's the picture of Jesus being high, coming down low, meeting us where we are, and gently standing up. And as we yoke ourselves to him, as we hold on to him, as we cling to Jesus, it is he who carries us as we hold on to him. Um, Y'all know um, I go by Sir G, I go by YPG, and I also go by um, Chef Boy Sir G. Chef Boy Sergi, that's my Instagram name. If you want to follow me, follow me. Um, um, but I like to cook, yeah, I like to cook. And sometimes when I'm in the kitchen cooking, my baby girl Karis, she's two years old, uh, almost two, she runs up, grab my legs, and like beg for me to pick her up. And I pick her up, hold her in one arm, and she tries to cook with me. And, and, and I be trying to, you know, cut the bell peppers with one hand, I be trying to, you know, do all that stuff. She make, she's actually making it harder on me. She's actually making me lose more time as she's holding on to me, right? 
but, but I let her help, and, and just yesterday, we baked the pizza together, and I let her put the, you know, cheese on the pizza, and she really thought she did something. And I said, all right, baby girl, food's all done. It's time to eat. And she got happy. She kind of started clapping, and I kind of looked at her and started laughing because she really thought that she cooked this meal, <laughs> right? She is happy because she cooked this meal, and I remember thinking, like, I'm the one who held you. I'm the one who did all the work. I'm the one who actually worked harder because you're starting to get heavy, right? And, but, but the truth is that because she was yoked to me, because she was tied to me, because she was holding on to me, it really is as if she cooked that piece. And y'all, because she was holding on to me, she gained a new ability that she didn't have on her own. Because she was holding on to me, she gained power, she gained strength that she did not have before. And y'all, when we hold on to Jesus, you might not know, but he gives us the strength and the power that we do not have on our own to live this life called life. That when we hold on to Jesus, he gives us the rest that we need by lifting us up to face our everyday burdens. That his presence is the thing that fixes our hearts, put at ease our troubled minds. That his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Jesus is the one who is gentle and lowly. And he is the good shepherd who guides you, leads you, and restores you. Jesus is gentle and lowly, and he is the one who will never leave you nor forsake you. Because Jesus is gentle and lowly, he is the one who will comfort you in the midnight hour. He, that's who Jesus is. And yeah, sometimes I don't got the words to say, but I know just to say Jesus. And that's why I want to teach y'all this morning, if you don't know how you're going to do it, how you're going to make it, if you don't know where to go, what to say, all you got to do is stop and say Jesus. When you're at the workplace and you feel like you're about to snap on somebody, just take a break and just say Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. When somebody cuts you off in traffic, just say Jesus. No matter where you are, learn to call on that name. I'm about to know my time is coming short, but before I sit down, before I sit down, I want to teach us that Jesus invites us to come to his heart, his heart being he's gentle and lowly, but he also invites us to come to his body, his church. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians, he says, now you are the body of Christ, individually members of it. That yes, we come to Jesus, the person, the heart of Jesus, but we also must learn to come to the body, the church of Jesus. And being a part of this church means, is a means of God's grace and his love what God actually uses to bless us. And yeah, I know we had church on Facebook and YouTube for the past year, and many of us have gotten used to it. Many of us said, you know what? This is actually better than real church. I don't got to get dressed. I can eat my bowl of cereal, and I can watch four or five different sermons at the same time, right? But yeah, when Jesus says, come to me, he's inviting us to come to his body. That when God says that my burden is light, it's through his body. It's through this church. It's through this room right here are we able to bear each other burdens. It's through 
It's through taking off the mask, being real with the people here, with your community group here, with your brothers and sisters in Christ here, that we are able to get the help that we need. It's, it's by being real are, are we able to come down to the front and say, I need some help. I need prayer. I need you to stand with me. I need you to hold me accountable. It's through the body of Christ that we also find this rest. And I know we live in a society that many people say, I don't really have to be a member of a church. I can just go to a church and go to this church. But we only are able to help each other and be helped when we allow ourselves to open ourselves up to expose ourselves to be vulnerable, to be real, to, to not just walk in church every week, oh, I'm good, hey, God, you know, I'm good, hey, everything good. No, but we, we, but we can say, hey, I'm struggling. And I can be real with you. Just, just this past week, um, um, I, was, I was feeling way down with some emotions that I didn't really know how to deal with. Um, Father's Day is, is June 20th, and my dad's birthday is June 23rd, and my dad died June 25th. And so this time of the month, this time of the year is just always a hard year for me and my heart. And I was just carrying these weights, this, these, these, these tears in my eyes that I didn't want nobody to see. But this past week, I told my staff team that, hey, y'all, this is what I'm dealing with. And Artez Henderson started praying for me. And then later he called me that day and just really spoke some super encouraging words with me. He gave me the freedom to cry. He supported me. He gave me the help, the rest that I needed. And y'all, this is also the blessing and the benefit of being a part of a church. So yeah, before I sit down, I, I just got to say one more time. Come to me, all who are weary. And we come to Jesus because he is gentle and lowly. And what better display of this do we see than looking at the cross? But when we look at the cross, what do we see? We see God himself coming down low, putting on man's clothes, stripped of man's clothes, humiliated, beaten, and mocked. The Bible says he was like a sheep being led to the slaughter, gentle and low. We see a man who, who yoked himself to a cross, put this heavy burden on his back, and walked along that path all the way up to Calvary. We see this, this heavy burden causing him to stumble. He got tired. He got thirsty. But, oh, man, he did this. Why? So that you who are tired and heavy burdened can come to him and find freedom and find rest and find life. This is who Jesus is. This is why we praise him. This is why we serve him. This is why we love him. This is the greatness of our God. I, I love the old hymn that my church used to sing. It says, take a closer walk with thee. It says, I am weak, but thou is strong. Jesus, keep me all day long. I'll be satisfied just as long as I can take a closer walk with thee. And this is my prayer for us this morning. Jesus, I pray that as we are weak, you be strong. I pray, Lord, that we are truly satisfied in your presence I pray, Lord, that we can truly say we are satisfied just as long we are walking close with thee. So, Lord, keep us. Your word tells us we all are like sheep who, who are wandering off, who have gone astray. But, Lord, you are the good shepherd, Lord. You can keep us. Lord, your rod and your staff, they comfort us, Lord. You restore our souls. So, Lord, I don't know 
everyone here, I can't see their hearts. I can't see their souls, but Lord, you do. And I pray, Lord, that you meet everyone right now in a powerful way. Lord, that we can take off these masks as a church. Lord, Lord that we can lay down our burdens together and experience the life, the rest that you offer. I pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.